everybody. I'm a friend of Rabbi Joel, well, senior rabbi, co-rabbi Joel. <laughs> kind of like bow down to him and all this stuff now, he says, that's what you guys do with him? <laughs> no? Has he been selling me a story this time? So, uh, Rabbi Joel and I have been friends for a while, and I was so honored to be invited to an installation service. I had no idea what that was, but I was like, I'm up for it. And then he said, I want you to talk for 20 minutes. Um, I was trained as a pastor years ago in a different tradition. 20 minutes is an intro. Right? 20 minutes is your first story and a wave and a smile, but I have 20 minutes. And then I said, well, tell me more about what I can talk about. And I got an email with all these wonderful things about mission and calling and community and spirituality, and I have 20 minutes to talk about all those things. How fantastic is that? So let's start with the general consensus among scientists, is that 13.8 billion years ago, there was a point of infinitely compressed matter, and then there was a bang. By the way, do you love that scientists say that this universe started 13.8 billion, not 13.7, and not 13.9. Think about the calculator work on that one. 13.8 billion years ago, there was a tiny point of infinitely compressed matter, and then there was a bang, and there was nothing but particles. And then the general estimate is that somewhere around the three minute mark, those particles began to bond with other particles and form atoms, A-T-O-M, as opposed to A-D-A-M. <laughs> so somewhere three minutes in to the origins of the universe, these particles began to bond with other particles and form atoms. So like bonded with like, and what it produced was something new that had new properties that wasn't just particles plus particles, but something new got created. Then the general estimate among scientists is that somewhere around the 300,000 year mark in the history of the universe, those atoms began to bond with other atoms. You guys want to hang out? Sure. And those <laughs> atoms formed, began to form molecules. Now, the general estimate is that somewhere around the 9 billion mark, the 9 billion mark in the universe, those molecules began to bond with other molecules and form cells. And then those cells gradually had the formation of organic cellular life. And then roughly 4.5 years ago, you had the formation of our solar system. Those cells began to form systems. And then gradually, you had these complicated systems getting more complicated until somewhere in the, what, late 12 billion, early 13 billion year mark, those cells formed systems. And gradually, you had plant life, animal life, dinosaurs, and Taylor Swift. <laughs> now, what? is going on here. Because if you talk to scientists, the general consensus is that the universe, an agreement based on the obvious unfolding story, is that the universe, an atom, is more complicated than a particle. Would you agree? Yes. Not a trick question. Yeah. <laughs> Just smile and nod. Then, a molecule is more complicated than an atom. A cell is more complicated than a molecule, and a person is more complicated than just a cell. 
The general estimate is that your body is made of 7 billion, billion, billion atoms. This is why you're so tired on Thursdays. Now, why is the whole thing getting more complex? And each new layer in the unfolding of the universe, when light bonds with light, when molecules bond with other molecules, it forms cells. And a cell has a whole bunch of new properties that aren't present at the earlier level. It's like you put 4 plus 4 and you get infinity. Each new layer in the universe has all of these new properties that aren't present at the earlier level. How strange is this? And then, 13 billion years, I love saying that, 13 billion years into the universe, human beings, featherless bipeds, begin to walk around and develop something called consciousness. The ability to stand outside of yourself, poetry, thought, dialogue, and comment on this whole thing. So at some point, somewhere in the 13 billion year mark in the history of the universe, the universe develops these featherless biped peoples who are able to look at this unfolding story and comment on it. By the way, consciousness, the ability to talk about this thing that we call life, when the first person developed consciousness, what did they point to? Hey, hey, Bert, check this out. What? This. Right? 13 billion years in. That was a joke. It didn't work. We'll keep going. 13 billion years in, people began to pontificate, sermonize, reflect, analyze, wonder, love, desire, long for, ache for meaning, joy, and significance. Dinosaurs did not have book clubs. <laughs> Frogs were not composing songs, correct? Rocks were never saying things like, I just don't feel like my life has any meaning. <laughs> and yet late, late, late in the game, this capacity develops to talk about it, to wonder, to ask questions, to be filled with an aching sense that this means something. So what would you call that? Why are we living in something that is getting more and more and more complex? The drive of the universe is towards greater and greater depth, greater and greater unity. Why did molecules, why do molecules want to bond with other molecules? And then why did cells, and why are cells driven to bond with other cells? How many of you ever met somebody who said something like, well, I just want to be a part of something bigger than myself? <laughs> yeah, said everything in the history of the universe. Where does this drive for unity come from? These are the real questions. Or when you hear somebody say things like, well, I just, don't, you know, your friend who got a PhD in like logistics or, or uh, logic or someone's like, I just don't believe in miracles. Have you heard the story 
scientists are telling about our universe. Because a miracle is something that is unrepeatable. It has no sort of explanation. But there is an explanation for how we got here. The whole thing just unfolding. So to me, the great mystery, the whole thing is spiritual. What else do you call that? What do you call this extraordinary move to unity that surges through the universe? What do you call, by the way, this is why racism is so lethal. Racism is the failure for like to bond with other like. Are you with me on this? It's essentially, you just want to say to the racist, you're holding the whole thing up. <laughs> Are you with me on this? Because what it's been doing for billions of years is it inherently wants to move forward. It's been unfolding and unfolding and unfolding. So when you see like refusing to bond with like, and something within you is like, this is wrong at some deep level, of course, it's going the wrong direction. So, uh, when I meet people, talk, hear people talk about, well, what's the point of, you know, spirituality or religion? We're living in the middle of a great big mystery. And what do you call it? Now, it's very popular for some people to be like, oh, there's nothing going on here. You're just cells, synapses, and you're just biology. You're just sort of an evolutionary pile of accident. I love Abraham Joshua Heschel said, I didn't ask for success. I asked for wonder. That's the thing you want. And if you begin with science, you begin with, oh, that's actually a technical Hebrew word. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what are we living in? And then late in the game, by the way, the history of our solar system is about 4.5 billion years. If the formation of planet Earth and the solar system, this 4.5 billion years, was registered as a 24-hour day, we showed up in the last second of that day, at the 11 hour, 59 minute, 59 second. We came at the last second of that 24 hour day. So when you meet your friend who's like, oh my word, I waited at Trader Joe's for an eternity. No, you didn't. Oh my word, that song went on forever. No, it didn't. We show up at the last minute and then began asking all these questions about this whole thing. And so I would argue, wait, 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 wait. You can have a community where you wrestle with the great mysteries of all life? How fantastic would that be? Slavery was accepted among every major world culture until sometime in roughly the 1770s. When in a tiny window from roughly 1770 to 1880, roughly a 100, 110 year window, pretty much every culture on the face of the planet said no and made slavery illegal. Explain that. Why is something that everybody considered totally normal, human beings owning other human beings, suddenly in a tiny little 100 year window, everybody agreed that it's illegal? What is going on here? So to me, the power of a spiritual community is you begin with a, oh, something is unfolding here. And so what do you name it? What do you call it? How do you line yourself up with it? 
So when people have a vision of religion somewhere over here, sort of obscure, you can take it or leave it. I say no way to be a human being and to be here alive in the middle of this great mystery. I want all the help I can get naming it, tapping into it, feeling it, getting language for it, and that is the beautiful thing about a spiritual community like the community that you have. I love, I, I grew up, I was trained as a pastor in the Christian tradition, which is basically just make people feel guilty enough. And then, uh, right, I was trained in the evangelical tradition, which evangelical translates bad news, apparently. But then, 20 minutes, 20 minutes, Rob. Then, so, uh, but I had been in a band, and I was in the band, and the band broke up in college because everybody had to get jobs. So I was like, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to start my own church and do it better, said every cult leader ever. But I was different of that, said every other cult leader ever. But so I was trained as a pastor. I went to seminary, and then... I uh, was like, I'm going to start, because I had been in this like sort of like alternative, back when alternative meant not Bon Jovi, I was in this band, and I was like, I'm going to do like this do-it-yourself sort of uh, low-to-the-ground spiritual community, and people started coming, and uh, we had a parking problem, and this was in uh, Michigan, which has something called winter, and uh, <laughs> so people are bitter anyway, and... <laughs> So it was like what you would call like a Christian church, but we had large parking problems because so many people were coming. I was like, I know how I'm going to like clear out who's really serious. So I was 28 at the time. So I decided I'm going to preach through the book of Leviticus verse by verse. <laughs> so I did uh, verse by verse. I did the book of Leviticus for a year and a half. And the church uh, grew. <laughs> I brought in priests, I brought in live animals, we had, we had a group of old ladies sewing together ephod in the Uma and the Thurman on the breastpiece, and, uh, and uh, a little GPS for you there, and here's what happened. This group of people, and by then the church is like 2,000 people, 3,000 people, 5,000 people, true story. 8,000 people. At one point, we outgrew the warehouse we were meeting in, and somebody gave us a, a loser mall where all the stores were going out, so we took over a mall. <laughs> Actual story. Now that I say it, it sounds weird. So, like 10,000 people are showing up to a mall to hear about Leviticus. And here's what happened. All these people discovered that this entire tradition that I came out of stands on the shoulders of your tradition. And we started reading Torah, and we started diving into the Hebrew words and trying to say them, and it was like magic. People have been naming this mystery for thousands of years. Moses comes across a bush that's burning, but it doesn't burn up. That's weird. <laughs> it's like everything about it's burning, but it's like... You'll get some revelation, yet built in the revelation will be more questions. Yeah. And you will love God with all your muchness. And Jacob is limping, but he's wrestled the divine. Better to be limping, but you've had an experience of the divine than missed out on the action. 
Yeah, and all of these ideas absolutely <laughs> changed my life. You have this extraordinary energy. And then I met Rabbi Joel, and we became friends. And I was like, yes, we're brothers in a weird, awesome kind of way. <laughs> but to live in the modern world with all of its challenges and all of its wonder and all of its mystery, and to be part of a community where there's a deep tradition. I was talking to a group of CEOs recently. You have to be 10 million a year to be in this group. It wasn't a big group. And... <laughs> They were talking about this, and I was bombing hard, like bad case of LBS, lower back sweat. If you know what I'm talking about, those of you who have done public speaking and it wasn't going well, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, I'm starting to sweat, don't sweat, don't sweat. And as soon as you tell yourself, I'm bombing, don't sweat, you sweat. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Six of you, it was worth it. And I'm talking, and, and it's not working, and then one of them says, oh, he says, I recently had a kid. And now, working all the time doesn't seem as important as it used to be. And I was like, oh, oh, interesting. So I started asking questions about what it was like to have a kid. And I said, is it like your whole life and all the money that you've been making is your life can fit on a spreadsheet. It's all known. But all of a sudden, you're in the hospital <clears throat> holding that kid. And you're having an experience that doesn't fit in nice, neat data. He's like, yes. And I said, well, you have a soul. <laughs> this is what he said. Damn, that's fresh. <laughs> that's new. And I would submit to you that you're living in a modern world where you can get to the top without any awareness of the fact that you carry a divine spark, that you bear a divine image that the whole thing is spiritual to its core. Are you with me on this? Yeah, and the powerful thing about a community, the revolutionary, radical, counterintuitive thing is in this modern world with Teslas and rockets and surrounded by ladies is a community that says, actually, actually, there's thousands of years of wisdom about what it means to live from your heart what it means to be tuned into your soul, what it means to be listening for the new thing that spirit is doing. What an extraordinary thing to be a part of. A community where you can doubt, where you can be angry, where you can dance, apparently where you can rap. <laughs> an extraordinary thing. So to me, the real art, what you really want is you want the wonder and awe. And the idea that there's a community, that there's a place that you could go, because we forget so easy. Suddenly you're just arguing about taxes or they elected who. Uh, the fact that there's a community where you could go, where you could wrestle together, dance together, be filled with wonder and awe. You could draw from psychology. You could draw from science. You could draw from art, aesthetics, business. You could surround a sacred text and listen to what the rabbis have said for thousands of years. What an extraordinary thing to be a part of my word and to have an installation of rabbi, oh, amazing, amazing. Back to Heschel, I didn't ask for success. I asked for wonder. And then he adds, and God gave it to me.